Hello, I'm Stella Amis, the UK tax leader for policy, reputation, media and regulation at PwC. And welcome to the Talking Tax podcast series, where we discuss topical tax issues that will impact people and businesses. Today, we will discuss the UK digital services tax that the UK announced in this year's budget. And here again, we've seen the UK be a first mover in the international tax landscape. So we'll discuss what this means for the businesses that have been targeted and how those that weren't specifically targeted might be impacted too. We'll also look at the international reforms that may affect the landscape and how businesses need to navigate that. So with that in mind, I'm delighted to be joined by Alenka Turnsek and Dave Murray. Alenka is a tax partner who specialises in business value chains and leads PwC's digital tax work here in the UK. Dave is an international tax policy director who has been closely following the ongoing international tax debates on how the system can be reformed for the digital age. So, Alenka, let me come to you first. Why is the UK introducing specific digital tax rules? Hi, Stella. Well, this tax has been introduced to deal with concerns that there are many digitised businesses out, out there who are creating value from interacting with the UK users and the government believes that the current tax system does not necessarily reflect the value they're being created and they're not being properly taxed. So to put it simply, the government believes that there are some businesses that they are not really accounting for properly for this value and they think they need to introduce a new laws to account for the way the value is being created in a digital economy. So it's effectively like a bit of a tax reform, but without a great big kind of tax change kind of program. That's right. I think they're trying to deal with the macroeconomic issue that uh, it's quite difficult to affect in the international environment. And they're trying to deal with it in a kind of more micro environment all around the world. And UK digital service tax is UK's response to that. OK, so which kind of businesses are kind of affected by the UK's response? So. Um, the impact can be wider than one might think in practice. It's impacting essentially all industry because they're all they're being impacted by the uh, digitizing. Um, and in particular, it's targeting the social media platforms, uh, online marketplaces and uh, search engines. So are we saying that it was a targeted measure, but actually you need to kind of stand back and see whether or not you've got any type of digital activity going on at all to see whether this measure will actually affect you? It has potentially started as a targeted measure over three very specifically defined business models. But in the digital economy, if you are interacting with customers in a digitized way, you're very likely, even though you're not a tech company, to interact with them in a way that could be defined as a social platform or potentially right. a search engine. So with that in mind then, how, how, are this, how is the, the tax articulated? How will it work? So um, there's a, at the moment two proposed tiers of uh, taxing the companies. For large companies, the, uh, and by large, they defined as having 500 millions of revenues for this in-scope models that we've just discussed. They would be taxed at 2% of the revenues generated for the in-scope activities. If you are a, uh, a company that are still of the size past the 5 million threshold, but who have very low profit margins, there is a proposed alternative way of calculating that is currently being uh, consulted and discussed, and we don't have the details for that yet. Uh, it is likely to be lower than 2% of revenues. Okay, so it's actually, a, it's not a tax on profits. 
No, and that's an interesting one. It's not a tax on profit. One of the reasons being that one of the features of digital economy is that the, one of the key priorities for digital businesses is to keep on reinvesting and to grow in size. So the seizing market share tends to be um, more of a priority than this to make it profit. So no, it is not tax on profit, which is why it is slightly at odds with the current international systems or with domestic system how companies are being taxed. Okay, so when you've got a profit-based tax, that kind of brings in all sorts of different dynamics into the, the way that tax works, the way that treaties work. What do you see as being one of the kind of key issues that we have to grapple with with this new proposal? Uh, so one of the issues is that um, it, some of the companies will be taxed, or all of the companies will be essentially taxed twice on the income here. Um, their income will be taxed somewhere in the world, plus the UK is saying we want a share of tax on that digitally generated income for these particular um, activities in the UK, hence they're introducing a new tax. For UK-only uh, businesses, they will literally be taxed twice in the UK on the same income. There may not be 400% double taxation because uh, the new tax will be expensed in the PL, but there will be increased tax costs for these businesses. So that is the financial impact. The other um, issue to, to be concerned with is that because digital economy is utilizing these three models more and more, it, I think we are expecting in a future, subject to growth, a lot of businesses to be caught. It's not just what initially was thought would be the target segment for this particular tax. Which would mean we've got more and more businesses potentially suffering double taxation or having to look at how the UK is taxing something and whether that's comparable to whether that, that stuff has already been taxed elsewhere and whether the UK rules kind of sit nicely with the way that they think their international businesses run. Is that right? That is, that's exactly right. Hence, uh, the HM Treasury has been saying for a long time and in very strong proponent of there needs to be a change to the international tax system agreed at the international level because otherwise you'll see businesses paying taxes on the same profits in different countries which is really not optimal for international trade. Okay so Dave you've been a little bit quiet so we're mm. going to bring you in now. Um, Elenka's just kind of opened up the kind of prospect of the potential for disputes or different dynamics happening on the international scale. Is this, is, this the way the, is this the only way the UK could have addressed this problem? Hi, Stella. Well, thanks for having me first. Um, I, I think the UK could have updated its domestic rules um, to try and find some way of looking at the interaction between users and businesses to attribute some profits and levy some tax on that in the UK. The problem they would have there is twofold. The, the first is that there's um, international tax treaties that have to be respected, and unless they're going to avoid those whole treaties, um, the, the treaties would simply override what they put in their domestic law and it would end up not being effective at all. I think the second problem, which is probably less important, but it's, it's more of a priority, is actually trying to work out how you, how you calculate that tax. Mm -hmm. you know, how, how do you, in a system which currently looks at where businesses locate their people and their assets and their management and attribute profits in that basis, how do you find some way of attributing profits to customers and users and, and have that sit aside in a coherent way. Uh, and, and that's really the, the big challenge in international tax at the moment. So we know that the UK have kind of set out their kind of stall, if you like. What's happening more generally in the international landscape around taxing these type of activities? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, the, the, the OECD uh, in 2012, as part of a much broader project that looked more at anti-avoidance than, than digital on its own, uh, it did look at the digitalization of the economy uh, and how 
um, uh, how, how digitalization was impacting the tax system and what challenges that might be, be causing. Uh, and they concluded in 2015 that there was no specific action that was needed at that time, um, but there were some tensions being caused. And they were going to look again in 2020. Um, there have been quite a few countries out there that have become quite impatient with waiting until 2020, uh, particularly the business, uh, so the countries that have a lot of users, a lot of potentially rich consumers, but not so many of these global giant digital companies themselves. Mm -hmm. um, and those countries have been pushing for international reform to be much quicker. So the OECD has accelerated its review. Um, they're currently looking to uh, prepare a final report and some final recommendations by 2020 that all 124 members of its global inclusive framework can agree to. That seems like a tough ask. I think it is a tough ask. I think they are making progress. They keep saying that they're making progress. Um, they released an interim report last year, or sorry, earlier this year. They're going to release another interim report next year. Uh, and from uh, quite a sort of nebulous um, uh, description of, of all the potential challenges out there that we were seeing last year and at the beginning of this year, uh, some of the countries involved in that process have come forward, really grabbed this by the scruff of the neck mm -hmm. and put forward some of their own proposals. And the OECD is trying to stitch those all together into something that everyone can agree now. So where do you think it will go? Do you think that um, you do talked about the impatience of different territories in, in, in your response there? Um, are, we going, are we likely to see more countries like the UK kind of introduce their own measures while they're waiting? Yeah, I mean, some already have. Um, so the UK is not the first European country to uh, announce that it's going to introduce a digital services tax, um, although it, it is the first to provide some real detail on precisely what will, that will cover. Because where, say, Spain and Italy have said they're going to introduce a tax similar to this, they're waiting for EU negotiations to, to sort of finalise on something that could apply across the whole of the EU before they actually put that into detailed legislation. The UK is going on its own a bit um, compared to the rest of the EU. But there's a range of other measures across the world um, that you can look at. India went first several years ago with a sort of 6% tax on turnover from advertising. Uh, and then there's a few other sort of Eastern and Asian countries that have tried some quite innovative, different solutions. Some are looking at profits, some are looking at turnover. Um, they don't all have the same um, treaty concerns that the UK does because they don't all have the same number of treaties that the UK has. Um, but there's, there's a wide variety of things that are already being implemented. So if I, if I try and put you on the spot, and I know this is going to be an unfair question, but let me ask it anyway. Where do you think this is all going to pan out to over the next couple of years? Um, I think uh, the OECD will manage to get some agreement on something um, by 2020. Whether that is a coherent solution that, that actually solves a lot of the problems that countries um, are raising as problems, I think remains to be seen. Um, at the moment, they're looking at one proposal from Germany, which is uh, a, a sort of minimum tax proposal where um, you know, it, it essentially makes sure that you don't get tax deductions for something unless the income is being taxed at a relatively high level on, on the other side. Um, that doesn't really solve any of the problems that the UK is raising, um, but it does satisfy some exporters and potentially the US as well. The US wants to look much more broadly and look to shift the whole system towards a sort of destination base. And that's probably not surprising given the size of their market, um, the, the location, you know, so many customers in, the, in, in that country that, um, that are in, in interacting with businesses um, that are in the digitalizing economy and in the traditional economy as well. Uh, and then, of course, there's this UK um, long-term proposal to look at creating some kind of digital presence that only looks to attribute value to the interaction between users and companies. Whether you can stitch those three together, I think, is quite challenging. Um, 
I think we'll probably see some kind of anti-avoidance measure in there, like the German proposal, mm. uh, and then maybe something in between the UK and, and the US proposals. But I think there's a lot of negotiation to, to be had there. And it will, by definition, be something that's negotiated and a compromise rather than something where one country wins. And so as, as I'm listening, I'm thinking that is a lot to get your head around in terms of from a business perspective. We've got some actual proposals on the table. We've got a lot of discussions going on at an international level. We've got all sorts of different kind of kind of methodologies, if you like, on the table. That's quite confusing. I want to layer one extra confusion onto the top of it. And Alenka, Dave, welcome your views. But you know, we've got the UK's made its proposals and we're in consultation around that. And we know that the EU proposals and what they might be doing are kind of all, they're changing almost seems like by the week um, at the moment. And um, Brexit comes into all of this. If will the UK proposals actually go ahead um, if the EU come to a position about what they might want to do before we're due to leave um, the European Union? I don't think they would fall away in their entirety. I think uh, the, the way the EU proposals have gone through this negotiation have probably been to reduce in scope. And at the moment, it's looking like they won't be anywhere near as broad as the UK's proposals, but they will be different. So they could catch some businesses that wouldn't be caught by the UK proposals. Uh, I mean, if the UK remains a member or of the EU or has a, an agreement with the EU that it will implement these um, directives, then it will have to make some changes. But it can, of course, add its own proposals on top of that. So it might not need to restrict its scope, it might just need to expand it slightly. And the other wrinkle that we have to remember is that um, these rules that the EU are proposing at the moment look like they might not come until 2021. Um, so we don't really know what the relationship between the UK and the EU is going to be at that point. So yet more uncertainty on top of all of the uncertainty Absolutely. we've talked about so far. So with that in mind, let's kind of turn, turn to what does that mean for businesses? What should businesses be doing now, given this kind of really turbulent landscape? Elenka, your thoughts on that? I think first and f foremost, the businesses will focus on doing the business. This is why they're there, which means they have to go on with digitisation, because except for the debates on a Brexit, which is, of course, huge for the UK, but in parallel to that, there's a lot of technological developments, a lot of AI coming in in particular, which is changing their businesses. That's what they have to focus on. And the first phase of uh, digitization is around interaction with consumers. So they will understand that because their customers have changed from being a passive receiver of adverts targeted at them to converting to a network of, of users that collaborate with companies in developing new businesses and services. And that is really what is leading them. They need to change and need to do something at the front end. Um, and then if, and the choice, the digitization also brought for them is to where they want to set up, how they want to interact globally. So they have been through a lot of this internal changes, how they mm -hmm. uh, organize themselves internally, how they interact with their users, customers, consumers, whichever group we wanted to focus on, and then how they deliver all of that. So that's the first and foremost. Then the second bit then is the complexity, understanding where we are with all this legislation yeah. and which country they will have to pay more taxes. So there's certainly, there's more resource being consumed on understanding legislation and then processing, and then also higher costs in paying the taxes. So they have all of that to deal with. Um, and uh, there's probably, unfortunately, no way around that. And it's for the, for the UK business is particularly all of these different parts of legislation from Brexit to digital taxation might actually hit about the same time. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's that. Then, uh, and the other thing I want to mention, a slightly more macroeconomic point, is that we're not discussing in terms of the digital legislation that's coming in, is that impact of new technologies, in particular AI, that will additionally change the way the business is being done. It will also potentially change this legislation again in a year or two once we've settled the initial wave of discussions. And then, of course, it will change the way they create the value and the way they need to protect the value of the enterprise, which I think so far has been discussed a lot. So I would say to them, as they go through all these turbulent changes, the one thing they can do, um, 
as well as kind of making sure the business is running itself and they are compliant everywhere, is to protect the value of enterprise through understanding where the IP is being created, where the value is being created. And so I think that it sounds to me like there's a piece around making sure they're consulting now we've got this consultation period because there's a bit about sharing the way that businesses are developing that might not have been in the mindset of those drafting the legislation or the rules because everything is changing so quickly. And then the other piece is obviously trying to understand what on earth all this means for your business here in the UK and, and more internationally. That's absolutely right. So the consultation that we have from the Asian Treasury is running until end of February. So it is a great time to engage with us or even directly with HMT to help HMT understand how, what this proposal will do for their business. And it's not just today, it's not just up to February, but it's up to the next five-year timeline, which is a very long timeline yeah. in the technology terms, but at least so that no provisions are put in place that will hamper the business in terms of being successful domestically as well as internationally. Yeah. So there's, there's certainly that component. That makes sense. And then Dave, you, you talk quite a lot with inbound companies and that invest here in the UK. What would what would you think they should be doing? Anything different? I think they should be looking to engage as well. I mean, many of them are already engaged in the international debate. Uh, and certainly I would expect you know, large businesses um, to have some kind of presence in the UK and to be, to be following this closely as well. But I would encourage you know, everybody at an individual and a business level to look at what services they're using, look at what activities they're performing and think about how this, um, this proposal and the broad proposals in the international community might impact them. Because now is our chance to engage. If we leave this until 2020, we're going to have so many disparate measures all around the world, no global agreement. Um, and I don't think that's good for anyone. What a note to end on. So, so with that, let me say thank you to Elenka and Dave um, for joining us in the discussion. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Clearly, there is some turbulence ahead for international tax and a lot of challenges for businesses to get their heads around the changes that are coming. Um, and clearly, something that businesses ought to be doing is thinking about how they get ready for those changes. Um, for you listening, please keep an eye out for our next podcast in the new year and feel free to check out all of our previous episodes as well. And as always, thank you very much for listening. Thank you.